everybody today to our uh, worship service of the North River Church of Christ. And those of you that are here live in person and to everyone who is here via live stream wherever you are in Florida or Virginia or, or South Carolina, let's wave to our live stream folks out there. Wish them a happy new year. And how about having the North River kids in the house, all right? No children's ministry classes are here, and we got a whole front row of fired up people. So I have been trying to think about uh, doing something a little less conventional, you know, since this last day of the year. I'm not sure how inspired the Holy Spirit is going to make me, though. I was considering that flipping off the stage like Cole did last Sunday, but uh, I'm thinking twice about that. All right. So... New life for a new year. How about that? You want one? 2017, been good in a lot of ways. Maybe not so good in some other ways. But 2018, we are unwrapping a brand new year coming up as the, the, the minutes and the hours are ticking off on 2017. And so you know what? How about let's just celebrate, all right, and rejoice. We're going to look at the book of Philippians for a few minutes. So open up in the book of Philippians, beginning in chapter 4. We're going to take a look. That's where we'll be in the few scriptures that we're going to look at. We're going to keep it simple this morning because we got a very diverse young and old crowd with us today. Here's what God says. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. And Paul is not embarrassed about space repetition. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1, he started off by saying, hey, finally, I'm telling you to rejoice in the Lord. And then he keeps on going for a couple of chapters. Now, we get used to this translation, so I thought we'd put a, a different sort of paraphrase translation up here from the Message Bible, okay, about celebrating our relationship with God, rejoicing in God. You know, there's a lot to celebrate besides UGA smoking those Oklahoma Okies later on this afternoon. There's a lot more to celebrate than just a new year getting started, okay? Although we'll be cheering on some of our teams later on. We'll be encouraging each other. We'll be celebrating. We'll be reveling. And here's how the Message Bible puts it. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in Him. Make it clear as you do to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. Celebrating and reveling. You know what the word revel means? It means to take great pleasure or delight. There's going to be a lot of reveling going on all over Atlanta and around really the world, you know, today and tonight to revel. To enjoy oneself in a lively and a noisy way. Can you be noisy in church? Yes. What about when we're trying to get you quiet and saying a prayer at the beginning of church? No, no, no. But you can celebrate and make a lot of noise in and out of church. Celebrate. To make merry. Have a party. Live it up. Whoop it up. Make whoopee. Well, let's scratch that last one there, okay? That was from dictionary.com. All right, let's go on down as a verb usage. Here we go. Revel, to get great pleasure from. To, come on back down to Philippians. Maybe I better go back to that first scripture, okay? Calm us on down here a little bit. To revel, 
to get great pleasure from, to enjoy, to delight, to relish, to savor, like she reveled in the applause. But we revel in the glory of God and Christ, don't we? We savor the Savior. We celebrate him. And I hope that we can do that every single day of the year. But how about it? You know, what, what, what's going on around the world? How do people celebrate New Year's around the world? We're going to do it in some way, right? All right? And it's kind of interesting because we're a worldwide fellowship of churches. It's nice to think about how people celebrate it around the world. We know one of the classic ways to celebrate New Year's, big fireworks displays, right? Okay, and you got in so many places around the world, in New Zealand, in the Auckland Sky Tower, they have this amazing, you know, light show that takes place. Same thing in Sydney Harbor, in Australia, and in Nathan Phillips Square, in Toronto. But this, this is a party going on here, down in Brazil, at the Coco Cabana Beach, where they light up the sky every New Year's, you know, Eve. And it's a big celebration, and people are and they're having a good time, and that's one of the ways that we classically celebrate the New Year's. How about smashing plates? If you hear a, a ring at your doorbell or a little knock after midnight tonight, and you open the door, and you see a bunch of broken flatware, you could be a little irritated, or at least a bit confused, all right? However, though, if you were in another country, if you were in Denmark, that would mean good luck to you. So if you're Danish, you might want to go smash a plate at your friend, somebody in your family group's house, and wish them good luck all during the rest of the year. That's pretty interesting. Okay, let's get back to something we can understand. Food. Who loves food? Oh, my. Yeah. How about some food on New Year's Eve, all right? These are lentils. Uh, that's an acquired taste, guys. Okay, you're going to understand this later on. Lentils, okay? Traveling back down to Brazil, that's how they celebrate. They give you a bowl of lentils because these lentils represent money, meaning good fortune for the year ahead. We had a southern tradition growing up, you know. Anybody ever eat black-eyed peas? Seriously, I don't know why, you know, for most of my life, you know, wow, that was like with okra, at least the, the, the boiled kind. But anyway, black-eyed peas. I'd never eaten a black-eyed pea in my life until I got invited over to a Christian's house after I became a Christian. One of the adult members invited us college students over, and there was a bowl of black-eyed peas. And they said, this is exciting now. Hidden in these black-eyed peas is a, is a dime. Great, a dime. I mean, even back in 1970, a dime didn't get you that much, okay? But if you were lucky enough to scoop out some black-eyed peas and get a dime, guess what you got? Yep, good luck all the rest of the year. And how about dropping things? People drop stuff on New Year's Eve off balconies, off rooftops, but the famous big drop of all is in Times Square, New York City, okay, as the ball drops down and people count down to a new year. I have a little tradition of my own. I drop people. <laughs> a lot of the kids know this. I like to pick on one of my favorite children in North River. She happened to sing to you last week, Araya, why don't you stand up right here, okay? All right, 
right there. Didn't Araya do a great job singing, you know, for us? Now, I've known Araya and her little brother, you know, Brian Kyle, BK, for a long time now. You guys are way heavier than you used to be. <laughs> and Araya, I have one big temptation, don't I? Do you know what it is? Can you say it louder? Dropping people. Dropping people? You're right. I don't even know why, just sometimes... <laughs> I'm just walking along, okay, and I'm carrying the cat. I just want to drop them, and I don't, I don't even know why. It's a tradition that I've got. Araya, would you like to go back to your seat, or do you want to go all the way down? Okay, there you go. <laughs> all right, so dropping people. Well, not dropping people, dropping things. That's a, that's a tradition, okay? You have, you know, have your own. Okay, anybody know where this is from? 1876, okay, in, uh, in Scotland, all right? Ever heard the phrase first footing? In Scotland, here's how it works. You know, uh, if you're the first person after midnight to knock on one of your family members or friends' doors, you are bringing good luck to yourself and to them. Okay? So again, if you hear a little knock at the door at midnight, you know, from one of your friends, a word to the wise, okay, on this, you might want to take a gift if you do this tonight after midnight. Especially if your UGA Clemson or Bama household had less than a happy, you know, New Year's Eve celebration, you may want to do that. Now, if you go 1,100 miles further south, you'll find right as midnight strikes in uh, the country of Spain, they are eating grapes. And what that, the reason they do that is because there's a tradition to eat one grape for every time the clock strikes at midnight to give you 12 lucky months. Okay, kids, you're going to like this one. In Romania, they dress up as bears, dancing bears to chase away any evil spirits because in Romania, sort stories, they're able to protect and, and heal people. So, kids, if you want to go find those blankets or your mom's fur coat, hopefully it's your mom's fur coat, you know, there in the closet, you know, you can dress up as a dancing bear, you can have a good time tonight, and you'll be celebrating just like the kids do in, uh, in Romania. There's a rumor that tonight in this auditorium and at the FLC, you know, uh, about 8 o'clock, there's a group called Jam Quest of campus and young professionals who can be having their dancing bear shoes on, okay, and having a good celebration and a great party for a great cause. And now one of my, one of my personal favorites, throwing furniture. <laughs> In Johannesburg, South Africa, People like to start the new year getting rid of unwanted items, and they do this by throwing old furniture out the window. Kids, you may want to check with your parents on this one, unless, of course, they're from South Africa. Sorry, Tony, Luciano, and Mark, you know, on, you know, on that one. But this is, this, is, this is an interesting tradition here, a suitcase. Walking a, an empty suitcase. In South American countries, they do this. They call it a suitcase walk, and they do that because it, uh, they represent having a, a year full of adventures ahead. There's so many different ways to celebrate, really, um, New Year's, but let's think about our faith. Let's think about the Bible. Yeah, there's a lot to celebrate on New Year's, a lot of different traditions, a lot of different things you can do. We'll be celebrating it in different ways, but a true man or woman of God you see, celebrates 
and rejoices and revels every single day of their life. And it's not only part of our birthright as men and women of God, it's a safeguard to us in so many ways. In the Old Testament, in the, book of, uh, in the book of Exodus, it starts out, and we start learning about celebrating there. Not only the Passover, but we're told in Exodus 23 to celebrate three and honor God by celebrating three festivals a year. In Exodus, in Deuteronomy, in David, in 1 Samuel, in Ezra, in Nehemiah, in Esther, and of course the Psalms, there's celebration. There's like so much to celebrate about God and his grace and what he's given us and where we're headed. In the Old Testament, there's so many reasons to celebrate. In the New Testament, there are even more reasons to celebrate, especially in Jesus Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and this great mega celebration where we fulfill our destinies, where we're with God in heaven. We're a year closer. There's much to celebrate. There was tons to celebrate in the Old and the New and even more to celebrate, you know, today. Here's the thing. I used to think stuff like this, and I've shared it before in years past with, with many of you. When I first became a Christian, it was about having a purpose, having a mission, being able to find out the truth, being able to realize there's a, there's a reason why I'm here, and I can make an impact in this world, and I don't have to be a slave to what other people think about me, and even my own weaknesses in my life. It was, it was like amazing. But then there was all this stuff about these fruits of the Spirit. You heard about the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. That, that was not like, you know, ringing my bell. That kind of seems soft. And the idea of going around hugging a bunch of people, being real sweet, writing expressive cards, <laughs> being paid, it was just like, okay, whatever, it's good, it's grandmother stuff, but it's soft. What I came to understand in the Bible, love is not soft, love is number one. Above all else, we're to love each other, to love God, and to love people. It's numero uno before anything in, in our life. And peace is something that is a safeguard for your heart. And joy, you know, it is really tough to live the Christian life if you can't do it being happy. The book of Philippians is a hard line, riveting passages on commitment. Let me give you just a few. For me to live is... Christ and to die is gain. Hard line sold out, you know, Christianity. We go on and we read, and you know, Paul is talking about this, you know, about his heart. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection, and I want to know his suffering, becoming like him in his death. That is hard line stuff. And he says, you know what? I haven't arrived there yet, but I'm leaving the past behind. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, leaving the past behind. I go straight for the goal, the goal for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And he challenges us, any of us who are mature, to have that kind of same spirit. That's what you call hard line discipleship, isn't it? In the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of that, Paul says if you're there in Philippians and in chapter 3 and verse 1 where he first introduces joy, celebration, rejoicing, and how important it is as he's writing to this church, he says, 
I'm telling you to rejoice again. And this is how he puts it. He says, finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. Paul is a broken record on this. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in all circumstances. Joy is so important. And here's how he puts it. It's no trouble for me to write these same things to you again, and it is a safe guard for you. Good luck, brothers and sisters in Christ and our friends here from the community and, and family. Good luck trying to live out the book of Philippians or any other book in the Bible without the joy of the Lord being your strength. Nehemiah 8.10, you will flame out, you will give out of gas, you will get tired, you will get complaining, you will get mundane, you'll get mediocre, you'll get boring and boring other people and being bored yourself without the joy of God flowing through. You know, you by the Holy Spirit, it's just too flat out too hard to be able to do this. And here's the thing, sometimes we give, we, we get, we give this thing up and are like, I want, I want to give you a key. You know, with, with this before we're done. I got about five more minutes here. Here's, here's where he goes on. Here, here's a key. This is a key in 2018, you, me, and all of us. He says, don't be anxious about what? Anything. Okay? This is a command of God, not a suggestion. Don't worry about anything, he says, or be anxious about anything. And you know this is challenging for a lot of us, especially moms, even grandmoms, all of us, though. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, make your request to God, and the peace that God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How important it is not to, to worry, but to pray. This is a good weekend for me. Got rid of the grandkids on Thursday. I had to go to a chiropractor the next day because of it. <laughs> but I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed them coming and going. And, <laughs> but this weekend, I had extra time. We didn't have a whole lot of stuff scheduled in the church, so I got to do one of my favorite things. I got to pray for all of you, 1,150 or so members, 60 middle school students, 80 high school students, 219 North River children, tons of adult, you know, children, you know, represented. I just got to weigh in and spend a lot of time with you in prayer. I, I had a clear schedule. It's one of my favorite things to be able to do. I prayed really specifically for many of you, for your health, for your financial situation, for your spiritual life, you know, for your marriage, you know, for your parenting, for your future, ministry, those kinds of things. And, but I prayed across the board for all of us, myself included, to not worry in 2018 and to pray more and to be thankful every single day of the year and most of those hours and minutes in between. You know, there are some things I refuse to worry about in 2018, and I'd like to join you, you know, with me in the same thing. Things I refuse to worry about, I want to encourage you, money. We all need money to pay the bills, right? You all need money to support our families. It's part of life. Sometimes it just seems like we worry about money all the time. 
in many ways it makes life hard and every day the stress of making and if you're older saving money you know it, 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 it can wear you down instead of worrying about money me and you I'll tell you what to do let's look around and find a problem and solve it at your work in your neighborhood in our church in your family find a problem solve it and maybe you'll get a little recognition for you you know for it and if you're at work you might even get paid for it you know eventually all right but worrying about it does absolutely nothing let's get out and do something oh, I want to give you a practical okay because I'm trying this you know we find out like in America there's like like some ridiculous amount, $500 billion of whatever, of subscription services that take place. And 70% of the people said they would, they, they forgot about, you know, canceling a subscription. Okay? And so I found this thing called Truebill where you can download it and it will go over your recurring charges. It will also help you renegotiate some of your bills. That sounds pretty good, right? That might give us a little bit extra money to give to the church, to take care of people that are needy, to be able to save, you know, money. Stop worrying about it and trust God, you know, in this. How about joining me in, uh, in this? Politics. In 2018, I'm pretty much going to completely ignore politics. Some people say they completely ignore us, so return the favor, okay? <laughs> that's not a political comment. That's just what some people say. I remember in 1968, you know, you know, high school senior, and my mom and my brother were going at it, you know, like gladiator movies or something, over Republicans and Democrats in the, in the, in the national conventions and the presidential campaign. They were mad. They were cussing each other. They were screaming, you know. It was like, I was like, wow, I really don't want any of this. And then went to college and it was all about riots and all that kind of thing. You know, here's, you know, here's the thing. Change happens when you and I do something, not when we argue. How about we love God? Love people and change the world. Lastly, in 2018, I'm not going to worry about other people's opinions. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. Okay, before I go completely off the deep end, let me explain what I mean by that. Here's a prayer for all of us. Please, God, please, please let me not be controlled by other people's opinions of me. It's okay to notice. It's okay to try to make people happy. It's okay to assess your progress with the applause you get or you don't get, you know, from other people. But you and I need to remember this. Only God has the power to give me and you true status. That's it. In 2018, let's never outsource our self-esteem to others. Oh, Lord, please, please help me and my North River brothers and sisters not to worry about this. It's a problem for every age group, but it's especially a problem for middle school, high school, and campus students and young adults. I tried to help my daughter with this when she was about eight years old because she was constantly worrying about what other people thought. So I would get her in the parking lot. And do you remember there used to be a commercial, do you have any gray papon? That's, a, that's a, a mustard. And so I said, let's do this. Let's just drive up the people in the parking lot of the mall and roll down the window and go, hey, do you have any gray papon? And so we would do that for about 30 minutes and just be laughing so hard, you know. People thought we were crazy, but so what? Do something crazy, not illegal. <laughs> Maybe not even smashing plates on your friend's, you know, you know, doorstep. 
But people get wild and crazy at football. Just do something and don't worry about what other people think about you. As long as you don't hurt anybody, don't commit any sins, you know, all that other stuff, okay? People don't care about me and you. They forget about us five seconds later. Don't worry about it. Do your best to please God. Love people. Collectively, I'll say we're sorry for everything we can't do excellently or for everything we intended to do but didn't get done. Sorry we let you down. You let us down every once in a while too. We can work it out or not, but let's, uh, let's not worry about it anymore. And let's definitely not let it control us. The future. So easily to mortgage your present, you know, in exchange for a better future. Workaholics, guys, some women need to take, take heart on this. I've had some conversations with some of my brothers about that this week. Or if to think, if only my husband and my kids or my boss or my coach, you know, were like this, then I'd be happy. My husband was just like this. You know, nope, happiness comes from the Holy Spirit within you. Stop worrying about it, okay? Think about yourself and not this if-then stuff. Or to think, if only I had this amount of this, you know, I'd really be a success. Or if this project or effort went great, you know, then I'd be where, you know, where I want. You know, this is the thing. Put it in God's hands. Here's what, here's what God says. Don't be anxious about anything. But you got a situation, pray about it. A lot. Take your request to God. Pray with your children. Pray with your wife. Pray with your friends. Pray with your family group. Pray with your D group, you know. If not, you know, and he says it's going to guard your heart. If not, God knows it's going to ruin our celebration every single day. Every day, how about we celebrate God? And here's how Paul ends out. Finally, you know, whatever is good. Philippians 4. Whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, whatever's excellent, praiseworthy, think about this. Focus on this and the greatest of all, focusing and fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ ourselves. If we do, it's going to be a great new life you know, for a new year. So I'm just going to leave the stage and leave 2017 with my walking suitcase. Okay? And when I open this suitcase, let me tell you what's not in there. No worries. But it's going to be full of adventures. For you and me in 2018, Hey, let's celebrate everything God has done for us in 2017, and look, let's look forward to the best. It's yet to come. Amen. Amen.